0: Hey, folks, welcome to the Battles of the First World War podcast. This episode, I wanted to give a short review of the book, The Great War in the Argonne Forest French and American Battles, 1914 through 1918. The Great War in the Argonne Forest was recently published by a friend of mine, a British gentleman named Richard Merry. In 2018, before my most recent trip to France, I believe I asked Randy Golke if there was anyone on his Meursargon argonne Facebook page who knew the history of the Argonne area during World War I. I was going to be staying in Vienne-le-Chateau at the western edge of the forest, and of course I wanted to know all about it. Randy connected me with Richard, and in the months before I headed over, Richard took the time to craft these long and detailed emails to me, telling me the history of the Great War in the Argonne from beginning to end. Richard even sent photos to accompany his emails. I was so humbled that he would take the time to put together these long narratives to some random American who wanted to know these things. Again, I'll point out that things like this are where the Internet can be an incredible force for good and human connection. We have never met face to face, but I consider him a friend and I look forward to a libation with Richard someday soon. Before we get to the book, you should know that I'm doing this simply because I want to promote Richard's book. I have not been paid by the publisher, Richard, or anyone else. Also, once you buy the book, you'll see that holy forking shirt balls, I'm in the book. (laughs) It's It's true, y'all. Both Randy Galky and I made the acknowledgments right at the beginning of the book. Now, this isn't my first claim to fame, as I was first mentioned in the bibliography section of Jeff Berkland's excellent book, A Brilliant Operation, the 362nd Infantry Regiment in France and Belgium, 1917-1919. through I hardly even need to mention that, I'm sure. But yeah, Richard put me in the acknowledgments of his book. Pen and Sword, the publishers, misspelled my last name, but hey, that's happened all my life. At this point, folks, I, I don't know what to say. I mean, it's just a matter of time now before the six-figure book deal comes in for me. And who knows? Some rich philanthropist buys the podcast for untold millions. I'm just saying. Because as Rob Laplander has said to me many times, and I might be paraphrasing here, if you want to make money, definitely write about World War I. This is where you cue the cricket sound. All right, but until that time, let's talk about Richard's book. Richard's book is, quote, an end to a 30-year odyssey where he tells the story of his great uncle, Bob Mary. Bob, according to family lore, was a bit of an adventurer whose swashbuckling days came to an untimely end before the Great War. It's amazing how we can wind up remembering the past and how even just the next generation's memory can be skewed. After a career change and his kids grew older, Richard had a bit more time, a bit more free time, to look into his uncle's story. And here we are. Richard discovered not only did Uncle Bob not die before the war, but that he had served in it. For a time, Uncle Bob served in the Argonne Forest as a French Foreign Legion assigned driver for French General Henri Gourault. Thus, we have the focus on the Argonne area of the Great War's Western Front. The author claims that he brings, quote, no new or original material with one exception, Uncle Bob's letters, end quote. But the Great War in the Aragon Forest does bring together several stories, to paraphrase again. For the dedicated and longtime researcher of the Mers region's Great War history, there may indeed be little new information here. However, For the first-time American or otherwise English-reading traveler to the Argonne Forest, this book brings together a lot of information from all of the war years. The Great War in the Argonne Forest begins with an overview of the Argonne Forest's geography and its history in the 18th and 19th centuries. Frequent and repeat visitors to the region will learn a little bit about the history of those many villages we have all read about in histories and driven through when we're there, from dun sur meuse to Clermont-en-Argonne to Les Iliettes and Fort-de-Paris. On that last one, the little settlement that was Fort-de-Paris no longer exists. It was obliterated by the war. For centuries, armies had avoided fighting in the dense gloom of the Argonne forest maneuvering around it either headed towards Paris or towards the German lands. In 1914, massive military fronts necessitated friendly units remaining in contact on their flanks, and once the front line began to stabilize, the Argonne was no exception. In the forest, digging trenches was difficult and the rocky ground choked with tree roots. In the autumn of 1914, the war in the forest became one of hit-and-run ambushes, with the French army guided by locals who knew the ground like the backs of their hands, maintaining the upper hand. A German soldier later wrote that, "...we tried in the days ahead to penetrate the dense forest, but everywhere we came under fire. It was as if the forest was bewitched and cursed. It caught many a brave and fearless German soldier." A scream of death would sound in the dense bushes, and a corpse, never to be discovered, would decay in the underbrush. End quote. Uncle Bob joined the French Foreign Legion at the age of 40. A car salesman during the previous years, Bob became the driver for a division commander named General Henri Gohault, whom we got to know during recent episodes. Bob wrote letters back home, never mentioning the Argonne by name, but his assignment to General Geho as translator-driver helped pinpoint his wartime whereabouts. His letters capture contemporary feelings that perhaps only more seasoned students and researchers would be aware of, such as what he and others felt about the status of the United States as neutral in the war's early years. Bob wrote, quote, "...all civilized countries in the world ought to feel themselves in duty bound to take a hand in stopping these barbarians," with as little delay as possible, particularly the United States, who are standing out in a very short-sighted way. As if the Allies went down before the Huns, it would be their turn next, and Germany would blow the Monroe Doctrine to smithereens." Bob's time on the Argonne Front came to an end when General Garot was tasked with command of the French Expeditionary Corps that would fight at Gallipoli. His part in the book then comes to an early close, and he is not mentioned again until his own untimely death shortly after the war's end. The book then takes us through each of the war years, and for American World War I enthusiasts, this is where a good amount of the book's value lies. You'll learn about the Garibaldis, German General von Mudra, and the adaptive German response to French tactics in the Argonne, and some of the overflow of the fighting near Verdun that spilled over into the then-shattered forest. You'll also read about a German gent named Erwin Rommel, who fought here in the war's early years. The reader will also be introduced to some local Argonnais, in particular Sir Gabrielle Rosnay. Sister Gabrielle was a nun with the Sisters of St. Vincent de Paul working at a hospital in Clermont, who refused to leave her post in early September 1914 as the French army retreated to points further south. She remained in the hospital, treating both French and German wounded at great danger to her own personal safety. Her story is really commendable on a human level, given the terrible conditions under which she worked, and if anyone deserves a little supplemental episode here on the BFWWP Man it is definitely Sir Gabriel. You'll learn about Dr. Nicole Gerard Mangin, a woman who worked through the Battle of Verdun caring for broken and bleeding poilus at a time when women were forbidden from joining the French army. More focus is put on 1918 and the American-led Meurs-Argonne Offensive, and Richard gives an informative account of the AEF and the United States' largest battle effort ever. He covers the fighting that went through the Argonne Forest, with the focus on the 77th and 28th Divisions who ground their way through the woods, including, of course, the story of the Lost Battalion. The 92nd Division's efforts on the western edge of the Argonne are touched upon as well. Richard also gives a thorough description of the massive support efforts carried out behind the lines of the U.S. Army's service of supply, as American General John J. Pershing deemed that the AEF was to have 90 days' worth of supplies on hand to maintain its war effort well into 1919, if need be. For the novice in this area of the war, the work completed by the SOS was nothing short of mind-boggling. Attention is also given to African-American units and the experience of the African-American doughboy in the First World War. Oft-forgotten units like the 805th Pioneer Infantry and similar units get the spotlight put on them, and their hard physical labor under even harsher racism are not glossed over. The Great War in the Argonne Forest also gives considerable attention to Après la guerre, after the war, when the shattered villages needed to be reborn and the devastated frontline areas required extensive rehabilitation. The collection of the scattered battlefield dead is also covered here, another enormous task carried out largely by African Americans as well. Readers who have visited the American Meurs Argonne Cemetery in romagne sur montfaucon will come away with a deeper understanding of that tragic and yet magnificent garden of peace nestled in the French countryside. In sum, the book contains a good value in providing a concise synthesis of major events in and notable persons of the Argonne Forest during the First World War. Again, to paraphrase the author, the experienced Merzargon argonne researcher may not find much that is new to them in the book, so for those of us out there to whom the region is still relatively new, this work will be a good introduction and a good book to pack in your bag. Chapter 7 is a dense little travel guide for the area. And folks, I know it sucks out there right now, but don't lose faith. We will travel again. I'll bet you a glass of Van rouge on that. So... The link to the book will be in the episode notes. Order it from your local bookstore so that you support your local businesses. Questions, comments, or concerns, please don't hesitate to contact me at fordonpodcast at gmail.com or get at me on the Twitter at at podcast. Check out the BFWWP website firstworldwarpodcast.com for some photos and check out the Battles of the First World War podcast page on the Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you again soon. Take care.